Welcome to Executives Unpacked, bringing you inspiration from the boardroom. A series of interviews with key and senior executives from throughout the content media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity industries. Brought to you by Newco Global Executive Search. Welcome to Executives Unpacked. I'm Tim Meredith, Business Manager and Senior Consultant at Newco Executive Global Search. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Kim Lawrence. Tim is EVP of Global Client Operations at Visual Data, a provider of premium digital media supply chain solutions to some of the world's best known media brands. Uh, she offers leadership on sales, operations, strategies, uh, and other areas to support client satisfaction and long-term business growth. Uh, growing up, Kim had ambitions to be a journalist and I'm reliably informed, could do a pretty good cartwheel. Um, however, the life of a reporter was not to be for her and from what I am choosing to believe are entirely unconnected reasons, Kim's cartwheeling days are over too. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tim. It's nice to be here. Wonderful. So uh, before we begin, for everyone that listens uh, to this, uh, this podcast uh, is a new co-series with senior executives and leaders, uh, which is all about giving our listeners some deeper insights into key leadership learnings from our executive level guests. Uh, so Kim, let's dive into our six questions. So starting off, what is the biggest lesson uh, that you've learned during your career? That's a really good opening question. Um, and there are obviously a lot of lessons. But I think um, the thing that comes back a lot um, for me in my mind is um, that there's always a way. That there's always a way to figure something out. And no matter how unachievable that might seem that um if you just start and do it with a curious positive mindset um it's incredible what you can accomplish and I think over and over and over in my career we've kind of had you know projects or things that just seem that they're just not possible to get done and um yeah and that there's always a way to to figure it out and, and do you remember early in your career, if there was sort of like the first time you really started to encounter those real big setbacks where you had to take that on board? Um, I think from a personal standpoint, um, I, I, I'd kind of worked side by side with um, a colleague who I'd watched her do this job for such a long time and she was so amazing at it. And um, I'd kind of been her right hand and and she left to uh, actually go and work at the client. Mm. And um, and I had an opportunity to step into her role. And and I just thought there's, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it as well as her. And the whole company knew that she was kind of the shining star of of, of the team. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I just was like, I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to mess up. But I knew I had amazing smart people around me and uh I knew I'd be able to figure it out and yeah the rest is history <laughs> absolutely yeah no and, and especially when you know it's not like you know you're coming into a completely fresh environment you know I'm going to try something new and if it doesn't work well it's new when you're following somebody who's done well it's yeah all the more important to accept that not everything's going to go right and that's fine and they probably did the exact same thing when they started yeah exactly yeah and then you know in terms of projects that like we are we often get asked you know we need this amount of um files done by this time frame and everyone kind of looks at each other and says there's absolutely no way we're going to get this done yeah and we just start you know we just start chipping away at the okay what do we need to do how do we need to do it what's going to be in the way where are we going to stumble um yeah. 
yeah and usually if we if we just kind of stay positive we can we can get we can get through it yeah absolutely perfect perfect uh, and moving to our sort of next uh tent pole question is there anything you wish you'd been told earlier in your career um yes everything i know now <laughs> <laughs> sit you down day one yeah. right here's the book yeah. of everything <laughs> yes exactly yeah here's what you're going to know by the time you get to x age um i think the um what i wish i think that imposter syndrome is a yeah. thing that is a that's a thing that everybody experiences and and i didn't really realize that and probably until about you know five years ago when I was like I think you know at some point somebody's going to figure out that I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing um and uh and I and I think you know that that's just knowing that other people in the same roles as me and and even up to you know CEOs that that's really a, a thing um yeah I let uh you know I have I didn't well, I started my working life straight out of secondary school or high school, I guess, at 16. So, so I was always the, the youngest person with no formal education in the, in the room. And, and, I, and I always kind of treated myself like someone was doing me a favor, letting me be there. And um, so I didn't really take myself that seriously. It's actually quite sad looking, looking back. But um, so, yeah, I, I wish I had been told that you know you you are where you are because of you and you earned a seat at this table and and people want to hear what you have to say um so yeah that's that's probably what no that's a very interesting one as well and i think it's it's such a difficult one because even as we get more you know this actually comes up a lot with you know all sorts of people people at really senior levels you know men women everyone who who feel that way and have kind of learned through experience that everyone does and that's not true but even then if you sit someone down you know a young person down and say hey look you're feeling this way and they go yes absolutely I'll feel this way it doesn't necessarily actually stop that feeling because you, you say oh yeah well obviously everyone feels this way but for me it's secretly true and I can't yeah. possibly you know it's just so hard to, to get that across yeah it's so hard unfortunately yeah, pretty much only bitter experience will we'll do that one yeah. for you yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah um and sort of you know maybe slightly connected to this what what's the the best bit of advice you think you've been given and that could be in in your career or, or personally you know what advice do you think has had the most the most impact on you um wow so much I'm, I'm I've been really blessed to have amazing um mentors and and people to look up to like throughout my whole career so uh, and I seek advice a, a lot. I, I, I'm intentionally seek advice. So um, <clears throat> there, are, there are a few, um, I guess. Um, I think fake it till you make it is kind of an obvious one. And, and, and I think that's less about faking the job that you do and more about, you know, it can be really intimidating to walk into a room and host a meeting or give yeah. a presentation or you know a pitch to a client or you know even if something's gone wrong to go into a post-mortem meeting with a customer like those things can be really intimidating and I think if you can channel a, a confident person 
um, it puts everybody else at ease. So, mm. so I tend to really try and, you know, I'm, I'm an inherently kind of shy, introverted person, which whenever I tell people, they're like, really, you don't come across like that at all. Um, I really have to push, push through that to, to kind of, you know, find that confidence. And then once you start getting feedback from people that you didn't appear to be shy, you didn't appear to be nervous, you can kind of, um, you can kind of, you know, make it, make it happen for, for the whole room. Um, but also I think that the one of, one of the things that, that is, has kind of recently come up for me um, is not to, not to try and be the hero in somebody else's story. And I think I have a, I have a tendency to want to fix everything. And I've learned that, you know, people need to be the hero in their, in their own story. And um, that's kind of led me to one of my core passions, which is mentoring and developing people. I had so many amazing mentors in my life that I really want to, you know, I wish I'd had, you know, a, a female, I guess, like, like me to, to, to look up to. So I try to be that for people and, and just help people see their potential and, and support them and give them the resources they need to, to be able to smash it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. That's great. And, and nice to, you know, be able to turn that situation where, you know, early on your career, you, you didn't necessarily have mentors who, you know, were like you, were women in industry, were women in tech, and are now able to kind of turn around and, and, and give that as much as it would have been nice for you to have at the start to be able to kind of break that cycle and start to be able to offer some of the advice, I suppose you kind of wish you'd had earlier on in, in your career. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, let's turn to, uh, to our industry uh, in a bit more detail then. So, You've been uh, with Digital Data for, I think it's a little over uh, 10 years uh, now. And even before that, you worked sort of in close connection with the world of sort of content production. You were with Technicolor, you were, you were with Ascent. So what is, is exciting you most about where the content and media industry is, is heading? Um, that's a great question. Because I have, I've been in this industry for, my goodness, yeah, over 25 years now. So I've seen a lot of changes, um, you know, a lot changes, a lot stays the same as, as with, you know, most of the world. Um, I think what's exciting right now is the, is really this explosion of um, television content or episodic content. Um, you know, for, for, the, for a long time, the, the world was about movies. And, um, and I think now with, just more, um, just with the, all the digital platforms, there's just more accessibility for writers and producers and directors to get their content seen. And it's just so exciting to see, um, you know, big movie stars, Kevin Costner, Meryl Streep, um, Nicole Kidman, kind of making their way to the quote unquote small screen um, mm -hmm. and, and giving the, the writers um, an opportunity to have their stories told. Um, and portrayed by these, you know, uh, incredible actors. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 the thing that's most exciting. And then obviously from a business side, you know, there is this competition between the um, well, the studios and the digital platforms to kind of, you know, produce that best new TV show. And and that's exciting mm -hmm. to be, to be part of that. And just to be able to get it 
um, again, the accessibility around the world to, you know, you used to have to wait three months, even longer to see your TV show, your favorite TV show in your language. Yeah. Um, and now it's happening, you know, closer and closer to day and day, which is, is really incredible to, to be part of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you sort of, you, you verged slightly into my next question there, which was obviously, you know, visual data is very much in this space. Can you tell me anything about, you know, where visual data is heading, trying to push things, you know, news and announcements that, that are sort of coming up for you guys? Yeah, we're, we're really focusing on expanding the, the end-to-end um, offering, the, the real, the true kind of digital supply chain, which now encompasses um, you know, lang- language translations and dubbing. Um, so that's that, that's really where all of our kind of effort has been um, been placed, especially in, on the um, MNA side of things. So we're looking at you know new territories. Um, Asia is very very interesting. A lot of content coming out of Asia, um, and Latin America, and obviously the the um, Central Europe, Eastern Europe, all of those all of those places. So yeah, we're we're really just looking at expanding our our localization um, side of our business as quickly as we can. And something I've actually personally been interested to talk about with with people like yourself who work in areas like localization and, and, and dubbing and translation subbing and, and things like that obviously there are kind of different services some of which lean more towards sort of like automation and ai based and natural language recognition and others that are more focused on right we're going to provide an infrastructure but at the end of the day there's a person sitting listening to content translating it things like that what have you sort of seen in terms of like the effectiveness of those approaches and maybe where, you know, especially that more, more technically focused solution has, has improved? Yeah, AI is really an interesting um, thing that's going to affect our industry, I think, more and more over the next kind of, you know, five years for sure. How far it's come from five years ago is incredible. Um, some some of the things that you know Amazon is are working on, um, uh, yeah, that they're, they're they're a game changer. Um, I think the the tricky part is always the colloquialisms, right? The yeah. the you know how do you get a machine to understand humor? Um, yeah. That that's kind of the biggest thing that you know you right now needs human intervention. Um, yeah. But when we started. Kind of testing it a few years ago it really was it's just easier to have a human do it by the time you've gone through and corrected everything that's wrong but that's that's definitely advancing you know rapidly um and it's yeah it's going to be very interesting to see to see how it goes especially on things like audio description yeah. so um you know having having that that automation is just a, a fast way to for content owners to get their content you know a, available and accessible to to everybody yeah. and bring down that bar and the cost because obviously you know like people from the you know uh, communities with people with disabilities who are pushing for accessibility often the pushback is like yes but it's so time consuming and costly for all of this live exactly. content and they're like well that's lovely we'd still like it because you know yes. we still deserve <laughs> to, to have access to it but trying to kind of yeah circle the square of that and go right here is a solution that means pretty much everything can have some form of accessibility. Can it be improved? Yes. Can we expand on it? Yes. But at least let's get a bar in place so you're not just yeah. totally locked out from, from, you know, culture eventually. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I love that. Exactly. It is pop culture. It's what keeps everything relevant and, and it should be available and accessible to everybody. And I think what's really cool about 
um, about the platforms is that they're just they're also looking at ways of how they differentiate themselves from their competition right so mm -hmm. you know it's like that that's an area where they can they can really set themselves apart from from the pack is to to be able to offer that in every single language to everybody mm -hmm. yeah absolutely perfect wonderful wonderful well thank you for those insights it's very very interesting to, to kind of get into the to the weeds because it's a very you know there's lots of different aspects to that topic so thank you thank you for time to speak about that um on to one of our one of our bigger questions um what type of things have kept you awake at night thinking about and i'm, I'm going to leave it open to you as whether that's sort of like purely in the work realm or if sort of more more generally existential yeah um that's a really really good question and and um i'm trying to ignore the the, the phrasing because um i don't ever have a I don't, I think I can count my sleepless nights on, on one hand. Um, I'm you're a very I'm, lucky person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm very aware, aware of that. Um, cause I, you know, I have colleagues and, and friends who are like, I was up at three in the morning thinking about, you know, that, that, but I am a worrier. I do, I do worry. I, I think, um, the things I kind of worry about most or spend the most time thinking about would be if I, if I have the wrong person on my team or the wrong person in the wrong seat on the bus, yeah. um, or I've, or I've added someone to the team that I just, I know the dynamic isn't quite working, but I see potential in this person and kind of how do I, um, you know, is our culture strong enough to, set this person up for success I, I do I procrastinate a lot about about those things um the pe the people side of the business yeah you know any, anything that we do that that affects people you know that that causes me a lot of worry so you know uh, as I being a you know part owner in, in visual data I, I feel the responsibility um for the people you know more than more than I ever have, and um, yeah. uh, you know that that is the stuff that that I worry about. And when you have, yeah. um, you know, when you have something that doesn't fit, it it really does impact the whole company. And it's amazing mm. how how um, something that that seems quite small can can really impact the culture of the whole company. So those are the things that I spend a lot of time kind of scratching my head about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, from, from our perspective, you know, being in the headhunting recruitment space, you know, finding hard skills can be a challenge, but you sort of know when you've found them. Finding personal and cultural fit, that, that's, a, that's an art, not a science. And it's yeah. so hard to know. And often you just have to go, right, I think we're 90% there. Let's just see how this goes, which is kind of the only way to do it. But also, uh, yes, a little nerve wracking. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, amazing. Well, um, moving on to our next question. Um, lots of the people we speak with um, on this show can kind of pinpoint a variety of reasons of, of, of why they've had success, why they've progressed well, sort of the areas they feel they've done, done, done most well in. But I'm curious to see if, if you can identify, you know, a single thread that has run throughout your career and has kind of led to your success up to this point. Um, I think if we go back to question number one, the, the imposter syndrome, I would say it's I've got here by pure luck and I have no, no idea. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm what I'm doing now. I got here. Um, 
Um, I think um, uh, I would say cur curiosity would be my kind of number one word. Um, I I'm a I'm a truth seeker um, by nature, and um, um, I always want to get to the bottom of something. So so just so that I can really understand it, and um, it, it, you know, if I'm told no or that's not going to work, I will just you know, annoyingly ask questions until I completely understand it. But usually that leads to a creative conversation about solutions. Mm. Um, so um, I have been given feedback that I ask a lot of questions, but that, that it never feels like I'm trying to figure out like whose fault it is or, yeah. or you know, who's, who's to blame or where I'm just trying to kind of understand the path and, and how we got there so that we can figure out how to get where we're going. Yeah. And I think that would be a theme that's kind of run run through my my career. And, and even back to, you know, when I first realized that, you know, I bounced around in jobs for the first kind of five, six years of my career and kind of landed, landed up in this industry by accident. But I remember, you know, seeing the woman who was doing the job that I first time in my career was like, I think I could do that. And then I was just like, okay, how, how, how is she doing this? Like she's answering all these questions and she's commanding the, the room and she's coming up with solutions. And I was like, I, I need to understand how, how she's doing that. So I think that's really, you know, I just, I'm curious, I'm just curious. And um, yeah, that's really what's I think led to me being, being where I am. No, interesting. And, and again, it's especially interesting in that, as you say, when you have that kind of you know feeling of being an imposter one of the first things i know when i'm in those situations one of the first things i do is go right i'm going to nod and look knowledgeable and not ask questions because you know then people know that i don't know what i'm talking about because they need yeah. to find out more about it but being able to move through that and go right you know i don't i'm just not going to care whether or not some idiot thinks that because i've asked yeah. a question i don't know what i'm talking about just ask it and then ask more questions and keep going because in yeah. the long run that'll do you more you know much more good but it, it's it's yeah. it's psychologically hard to make that step sometimes yeah and I think if you just make it an intentional part of you know your 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 toolkit you um it just it gets easier and, and easier and, and I I dropped you know I'm sorry if this is a stupid question or I'm I'm sorry if I should already know this I just dropped that from my vocabulary yeah. a, a long time ago because yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it also makes other people feel at ease. And a lot of times I, you know, people will say, oh my God, I was going to ask that question. I'm so glad you asked that question. I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and yeah. So, and I, and I, and I really don't care anymore whether <laughs> anyone's irritated by it. It's just, you know, I, I come from a place where if I can understand it, then you know, there's a chance. I'm not the most technical person in the room by any means. And, um, um, but sometimes my, you know, lack of technical knowledge will help technical people see something that they weren't mm. necessarily. Yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. An outside yeah. perspective where people don't already know it, and then they go, "Oh, yes, that's not clear." Oh, oh no, we we assumed that, but we shouldn't have. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Fantastic. Lovely stuff.
Um, okay, well, before we move on to the, the final question, we, we do have a little a little quick fire round to sort of yeah, let we... people get to know a little <laughs> bit more about you. We didn't warn you about this very cruelly, because that's <laughs> the point of the quick fire round. Um, but just some, some, yeah, some quick fire questions uh, sort of about you and, and, and your interests. So uh, first one, uh, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Uh, Provence in the south of France. Very nice. What makes you laugh the most? What makes me laugh the most? Um, wow. Or who? <laughs> um, I think my my son, Elliot. Very nice. Makes me laugh the most. Yeah. Are there sassy comebacks? Yeah, hundred percent. It's more <laughs> profound. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow, you really you did you you tried that? Okay. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. Point spread. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, um, that's easy. That would be crispy duck from any Chinese restaurant in England. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I am. I am now into about my fifth year of pescatarianism, and I still fantasize about eating crispy duck. So I get that one hundred percent. I would eat yeah. eight tomorrow if I could. <laughs> uh, tell us something that not many people know about you. Um, wow. This question comes up a lot and I never know what to say. I would say, I, I think that I didn't go to, I didn't go to college. I think that would be a thing that not a lot of people, uh, I mean, in my inner circle, obviously know that about me, but I think externally in the industry i think that would be a wow okay yeah. perfect perfect no it's a good one it's a very good one um final couple what's your go-to karaoke song <laughs> that would be <laughs> waterloo by abba <laughs> it's a good it's a good it's one you can really throw your back into 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. um and finally who would be your dream dinner party guest just one I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to, unless it's a duo that kind of like works to okay. Laurel and Hardy I'll accept it but if okay. it's two disparate people I'll throw out the answer okay dead or alive mm, you can go for both either oh I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have to say George Michael go for George Michael it'll yeah, be good I, it'll be good I, I imagine he's good fun well I'm figuring I could there's a lot of I have a lot of questions <laughs> um there'd also be a lot of staring and then i would hope he would end the dinner with some kind of serenading <laughs> absolutely and do you think that there would be like with george michael comes a wind machine just slightly off screen to just uh, gently uh, ruffle um, the hair yeah, yeah that would be he's amazing. got it he's part of the rider <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect lovely wonderful well uh you've survived the quick fire round yeah. um and that brings us to our our final question uh, of the show, which is, what is the one bit of advice uh, that you would most often offer to others? Uh, one, oh, I have to pick one, okay. Um, I'm gonna say, because this is kind of true across personal life and business, um, I would say be really intentional about who you surround yourself with. Um, you need to kind of make sure that 
they inspire you in some way because you become a little bit of each of the people you spend the most time with. Um, and kind of with that is to cut, you know, toxic people out of your life and out of your business quickly. Mm. That would be my, my top piece of advice. Perfect. Perfect. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kim. It was really, really nice to have you on the show and yeah, just find out a bit about you and your, and your thoughts and insights on leadership. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You're welcome, Tim. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more. For more information about Newco Global Executive Search, we can be found at executive.newco-group.com. That's executive.neuco-group.com.